Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other one is just along for the ride. What up, Tyler? What is up? I'm currently figuring out how to remove the chat from Zoom right now. (laughs) (laughs) You click the box. (laughs) We're off to a hot start over here. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, it's just us two. We're talking to each other. We don't need it. We don't need to do that. Um, I am Aaron over here. And if you caught on, the intro is a Blake Street banter session. We are talking all things Rockies today. No road to Blake Street. We might throw some minor league in because, I mean, we got the minor league expert of BSB with us. So throw that in there. James is still on his sabbatical. He's trying to get his stuff together so he can join us next week, next time. But um, let's talk rocks. And... This is going to be more of a therapy session for Tyler and I. So I just need you all <laughs> to kind of lean back and just kind of soak it in. Maybe you disagree with us. Maybe you agree with us. But just gripe with us, please. Because Rocky's Twitter has been fine. But it's the pundits, it's the national media, it's everybody else that is making Rocky's Twitter unbearable. And it's Tyler's like, yo, we need to record. I need to get this out. <laughs> I'm like, brother, I got you. Let's do this. So our first gripe is Todd Helton. So there were some good things. There were some bad things, but Todd Helton is not in the Hall of Fame. He will be blah, blah, blah. But there was so much discourse. And every single year is the same argument about the Hall of Fame voting is broken. It's you get to choose 10 players out of this and all the writers. <laughs> and I think one of my buddies said it best. There is nobody with a bigger ego that thinks they're more important than a baseball writer. And I think this covered that. So I'm going to let Tyler take the lead on this. I'll jump in with my two cents here and there, but I was pretty heated on Tuesday night. I expected it, but I was heated more about what I was reading. What about you, big dog? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you, you kind of coined it. It was not that surprising, but we got a little teased. He did really well in the public ballots, but then, as expected, tanks on. I mean, the the pri- everyone tanks on the private ballots. I think the private ballot people are too ashamed to put their ballots out there. Yep. More so, they they you know they just view it as like a confident. I don't I don't really know, but they don't want their ballots out there because most of them probably vote for one guy max and. You know, overall, the Hall of Fame process, not great. You see too many ballots where someone that's, you know, from the New York market only votes for New York players or a guy Mm -hmm. from the Houston market only votes for a Houston player. And it's like, yeah, I I understand that because if you watch the game from that perspective, you're going to think that guy's a Hall of Famer. But I think if you have this ballot, you have to realize how much power and influence you have over the history book of baseball that you need to take a back seat be a little more objective yep. about it. Like, yeah, it's your opinion, but you need to try and, and be honest with yourself instead of saying, I like that guy. Remember him really well. Hall of Fame. It's, yeah, it's a lot of that. Everything you said, I echo. Uh, the one that got me, it was like the one of the last public votes and this guy was on his high horse. And there was a few people in Rocky's Twitter that just went off on him, but he chose Gary Sheffield, only Gary Sheffield. Out of all 30 people on that ballot, I think it's 30, he chose Sherry, Gary Sheffield because of there's just something about the number 500 home runs, and that just speaks to me. I'm like, if that's yeah. what we're breaking it down to, you need your vote taken away. You are worse than the blank ballots. Like, at least those guys have something to stand on. You just said 500 is the threshold, so, like, good luck, anybody <laughs> else. So every like, the, the Hall of Fame board just needs to take that vote away because he's only going to vote for 500 plus, so, like, Thank you, Miguel Cabrera. Like, here we go. How's your Beltre? I think he got 500. But, like, 
if that's the rationale, like get off your high horse. Like you aren't that important. You could put in some work to go look at things. And I love that Scott Rowland got in. He deserved it. Fantastic career. There's something about playing 17 years. Longevity is a big thing. And his glove, his bat, all that. Like good for him. But Todd deserves it. And then the other thing, I mean, we could make a 30 minute pod on this whole thing. The other thing that gets me going is the steroids. I think I'm going around people using steroids. I think I'm going to vote for Aaron Manny. Like, yeah, let's put them in. <laughs> but those same people aren't putting Todd Helton in. Like, what is Spilly? I sent you the, the tweet. Maybe Mike can get on it because um, he didn't prepare for this part. But like, <laughs> it was if you're going to vote for the steroid people, you can't hold cures against. Todd, especially when Todd is doing what he did on the road, what he did longevity, what he did with the glove, like that that's weak with me. And then fucking John Heyman, this guy. Yeah. Man, his whole article about Carlos Beltran deserves second shot. His, don't hold the skeeting cheating can't scandal against him. Brother, you're gatekeeping for both Beltran, but you can't get around the idea that Coors didn't actually help Helton all that much. Like Helton has proven in all the stats, new age, old age, this age, Helton beats out any of this other stuff. He doesn't have the Coors effects as other players do. And yet here you are gatekeeping for Beltran, but not looking more into the Coors effect. And like John Heyman, like this last year about me regarding John Heyman is just like all respect is just going down. Yeah. I think overall, and this is, this is like a slightly unrelated thing. This year, it became really obvious that he has certain interests that yep. are in, in Major League Baseball. You think of Scott Boris. He tells John Heyman what he wants reported, and John Heyman does it. I got and you. If that, if that tells you anything about uh, you know his integrity and his just uh, the, the amount of original thoughts he's contributing. They're, I mean, he's a journalist. He shouldn't be creating original thoughts. And that's kind of almost the flawed process of the ballot. It's like, these are journalists. They're not supposed to. If, if we're counting on them to evaluate baseball players, I don't know. You know, John Heyman really questions that. <laughs> yes, he does. I don't know if we can take I don't want to hold that serious. against, like, yeah. There's some guy. I don't want to take Patrick Saunders and drag him through the mud, but John Heyman likes, makes everybody look a little suspect. Yes, he does. And, <laughs> yeah, that's a nice lead way. Patrick Saunders um, tw- tweeted out that the Rockies front office says they're done. And the national pundits, I know we wanted to put this at the end, but the segue was there, Tyler. I'm sorry. It was, it was. So we are starting <laughs> spicy and we'll try to calm down at the end and maybe bring it back up before we go uh, live on the Twitter space in a little bit. Um, so Patrick Saunders decided like, yep, I talked to the front office and we're going to put this out there. Rockies are pretty much done. And then Ben Verlander, who on my own personal opinion, I don't think he's good at what he does. I think he's very vanilla. He just has a platform. He happens to be JV's brother, blah, blah, blah. I don't like what he does. And so I'm a little biased when he does this, but he, what did he tweet? I got it here. I got Mike on this one. The Rockies GM said they are done putting the team together this offseason. This offseason, they have signed Jose Arena, Pierce Johnson. That is the extent of their offseason. Unacceptable. How can you tell me that you don't watch the Rockies follow the Rockies with more of a tweet? Yeah. Like, explain exactly. that to me. And I think that was my biggest thing with him. Um, just you didn't look into this at all. And I get it. Rockies haven't signed anybody. They signed two MLB players. We signed Chris Bryant for 18 years last year. Not 18 years. Get off at Penguin. But like, 
<laughs> Everybody was mad about the KD signing last year. All right, we went out, we spent money. And the Rockies have spent money. Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arnado. We didn't spend money on Trevor Story. And everybody was mad about that. But, like, how did that play out? Like, that's looking pretty good right now. No offense to Trevor. Love that dude. But, like, yeah, obviously saw something. They saw something that people weren't. But everybody was mad at them. So it's like, do this, be mad. Do that, be mad. It's like the whole Coors effect BS. And, like, I, it's stupid. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. I'm, I'm, I'm fed up with people like Ben. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to be a national pundit, but I, I think that given that it's hard, that re- that means there's a lot more effort that needs to be put into it. And that's why I respect people that y- you occasionally see those that they they don't really have bad takes. They might not have a great take on everything, but they don't have bad takes. And like Ben Verlander's tweet, it just, it, like you said, tell me you don't follow the Rockies without telling me you don't follow the Rockies. And it's crazy that that's the reason that we, there's so many bad takes so much bad analysis about the Rockies because nobody pays attention to them. But you know, if you're not paying attention to them, why are you, why are you making passionate opinions about them? And Ben Verlander's tweet, the the culmination of this is saying that, you know, he's the, that the Dick Monfort's the opposite of Steve Cohen. And I, I don't want to defend Dick Monfort that much, <laughs> but let's be real here. The Rockies, I, I had to reply to Ben Verlander. The Rockies payroll is going to be over $150 million this year. That's going to be average or better right. in the league, and it's going to be a franchise record. So if you're going to come at the Rockies, which do it, please do it. Come at the Rockies. Like he, I, I don't mind them getting criticized in the national spotlight, right. but make it accurate. Like, if Dick Monfort read this tweet, he would laugh. He would laugh. Uh, I, he's not reading tweets, but if he was, <laughs> he would laugh at this one. And it's that's. I think that's it. Like, look into it. Look at the history of the Rockies. They spend money. They have spent money. Just do it. And I, I tweeted, I tweeted from the BSB account. And also, let me know if you can find a free agent starting pitcher who wants to pitch at altitude. Like nobody wants to come here anyway. There's no way the Rockies pay the same amount for JV as the Mets do. And JV comes here. There's no way the Rockies pay an extra 5 million per year for JV to go to the Rockies and JV shows up like that doesn't happen. There's no way. Yeah. And like, since somebody else responded, like, yeah, if you're a good pitcher, you can pitch at altitude. I looked up Clayton Kershaw stats at Coors, (laughs) right? Hall of fame, no doubt, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think I have it here. Um, it was. I mean, it's like a five ERA, roughly four eight two ERA, one point three three four WHIP, and that's against the Rockies' offense. So keep that in mind, whoever. Yeah, like, yeah. If you're gonna go at the Rockies, go at them all the way, saying they don't have a good offense, and here they are. Kershaw is good at Coors, better than Freeland is better at Coors than Kershaw is. Like the Rockies have figured out what works for pitching. Like they have, <laughs> whether we like it or not, they might've broken Herman last year. However, they have figured out what works. And like, again, do your research, know what you're talking about before you come at it. Like, I don't know. That got me fired up. Let's just Rockies deserve criticism. I'm in being, Oh yeah. I'm not trying to be as big of a homer as it is, but like, what do you want the Rockies to do this year? Tell me. I know. And, we have to endure through all all the kind of stuff we we follow this team like a lot and there's so many things that that cause us to 
to facepalm and all that. But so do these tweets. When you follow this stuff and you experience just like some annoyance and frustration, whatever, with the way the team's working, and then somebody just misconstrues all that. It's it's like another, it's like someone takes your hand, someone puts their hand on your hand and face palms. You're not doing it yourself. <laughs> Someone's doing it for you. That's what it feels like. And it's just, that's silly. Uh, I'm all, again, yeah, you and we're all for the criticism. We're all for the hate. I no, hate, I don't like the word hate, but I mean, yeah, people hate on the Rockies. Go for it. Right. It's just uncalled for. And here's, here's my take on it all. I think this is the best Rockies offseason I've seen. Right. Say, I don't I don't really know when. And it sounds funny because they didn't. Yeah. You look, they signed Pierce Johnson and Jose Urania. But like they didn't do anything bad. They didn't do anything that could possibly in any way blow up in their face. I mean, maybe uh, Chad Smith or, or Juan Brito, who they traded away. Maybe those guys are, are really good next year. But maybe. like maybe and and you weren't going to get that from those guys this year. Maybe Chad Smith could have been a contributor, but they brought in a lot of guys who could be impact players. They finally kind of corked up the bottom of their roster. They've always had a leaky floor at the bottom of their roster. Yep. 24, 25, 26th guy on the roster. They're never MLB level. And this year that's going to change, uh, at least on the pitching side. The, the offense, I, I mean, there's guys on offense, but it, it's, a you know, they didn't add quite as many on that side. But pitching is finally like they – they did something different on the pitching side and they yep. deserve credit for it. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of satisfying to see a bunch of new guys with promise brought in, not a bunch of guys like, you know, Chad Qualls and Jason Mott or Jake McGee and Brian Shaw and, you know, Greg Holland and Wade Davis, these kind of trending down veterans. We, we brought in a bunch of guys who yep. are, for the most part under 30 and one guy who's over 30 has never thrown hard. So he, his stuff isn't going away. Yep. And, you know, we'll get into those guys in a bit. And I think just to expand on what you just said, it, it finally feels like the Rockies actually have a plan. It didn't feel like that last year. They signed KB, they brought in Chad Cool to like, they like patched some things in and they made the KB signing. You can talk about that however you want, but it feels like they actually have a plan. All right, we're going to bolster that bottom, that floor. We're going to fill up these minors because in two or three years, they're going to be ready to contribute. Again, I love the Nolan Jones signing. The uh, Jeff Criswell, dude's going to be a number four, number five starter here soon. They're going to be fighting with Noah Wallison, um, Lambert. Like there was moves that were made that set up for the future, and they actually had a plan. But don't tell Ben Verlander that he won't look into it. No, he just. I mean, a... nor nor John Heyman. Don't say that to Heyman. <laughs> John Heyman. Uh, it's just. And... Yeah, go ahead. Let's get into the the next pundit thing, which I don't even I don't know if I want to do this page the, the justice of calling right. him a pundit. <laughs> the game day MLB, you know, they've got ten thousand followers. So I guess who are we to to make fun of them? They got ten thousand followers on Twitter. They released an MLB tiers graphic. You got five teams in the true contenders area. You've got on the other side, you got four teams in the horrific category. You got the Reds the Tigers, the Pirates, and the Nationals in the horrific category. And the Rockies are below all those teams in the A's category with the Oakland Athletics. I, I mean, I think there's a degree of humor here, and it's it's right. sort of funny, but it's also like I think they're serious at the same time. I think this is, again, building off of what Ben Verlander's tweeting, that people 
really think the Rockies are that big of a joke. And and yes, they're they are a joke. They've done a lot of really stupid things. They they they've done yeah, they've done so much to criticize over the last few years. But are we really putting them below the A's, the Reds, the Pirates? Like yeah. I, I would say the Royals, but the Royals won a World Series like seven years ago. But we're right. putting them below like the Reds, the and the Pirates. Um, you could even throw the Marlins in there. Like the Marlins have never been good ever in the history of their franchise, and they're in the good but could be awful cat- category, which is three categories above the Rockies. Like we're just having <laughs> we're having too much fun hating on the Rockies it's... for the sake of clicks. Yep. It's all for clicks. And it's definitely for clicks. This is, so you said 10,000 followers for the just to put it in perspective. This tweet got 8,000 8,000 likes, 1.6 million views. They have another one that was posted 12 hours ago. 1,000 1,000 views, 14 likes. Just oh, like a yeah. thing. Just a tweet. Again, 9,000 followers, they have 11 likes on this one. So how can I get some clickbait out there? You won't see us doing that. Mainly because I don't have, we don't have the time for it. But <laughs> we and just... we have shame, we have dignity, <laughs> right? Like this is ridiculous. Um, the thing that got me, and I say this as a math mind, the tier list. So they had bad, comma, but frisky, but they forgot the comma and could be good, could be awful. <laughs> like if you're gonna put a comma anywhere, make sure it's consistent all the way through. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I so, I automatically don't take anything that this group <laughs> says serious. Um, this is dumb. I don't. Yeah, this and is you know not at the end of the funny. day, at the end of the day, there I I respect them more than Ben Verlander and John Heyman. I hope that they you know have a, <laughs> hope they have a good 2023 year. I hope their page continues to grow. But that was horrible, and I hope that. Uh, you know, they don't make more tier lists like that. Please don't. And I will say this. I've never listened to Verlander's podcast. That's a personal <laughs> reason. So if anybody is out there that is a avid Ben Verlander podcast listener, please let me know what he says about the Colorado Rockies. And if I need to bite my words and backtrack, I will be more than happy to. If he has shown any inkling that he has actually followed and researched anything that the Colorado Rockies have done instead of just put himself out there for JV and Shohei Itani, please let me know because that's all I see that guy do. I don't know what he does. He's very vanilla on whatever he does. I'm not, I'm not getting into that, Tyler. We're not doing that right now. No. But there was another segue you just did for me. You had another segue about the floor. The stupid tier list is terrible. So I'm, I'm getting off track again. It's just too much fun to stay on track, um, to get off. But the Nas- the zips, let's get into zips. So yeah. probably about a month ago, December 22nd, I think they put it out like when we, right before we recorded Christmas break, um, the zips reports came out for the Rockies. They always like to put, put them first because they are terrible. But <laughs> in this, um, Zibikowski, Zibinowski, Zimborski, Dan, sorry, man. Something. I actually respect we, this guy. This guy's good. I, I, like I, guy. I, he's a Rockies hater, but yeah. oh, it's always based. It is always it, based. It has, it has something there. Always. Yes. So I'm sorry, Dan. I do, I do appreciate you. I do respect you, Zimborski. I think is how I'm going to say it. Um, but he says something about the floor. That was the, my lead in here. Um, the floor of the Rockies is much higher than other teams like the Reds the um, Nationals and the Pirates. It's not enough for like an 85-win team. You can't quite see them getting to that 85 threshold. 
However, you can see their floor not being as bad red Pirates or Nationals. You probably throw in the Marlins, the Royals into this category, the A's into this category now. Like, again, this was a month ago. So there's where that transition came from. Um, he has some good points. I just – let's do over-under. I remember doing this last year with James, and then we'll pick our sleepers. Like, who, who, who did he kind of discount? Um, we're going to start at the one position. Let's go with the starters, and then we'll end with the relievers as we go around the diamond here. All so right. the starters – you got Marquez at 3.1, Freeland 1.9, Cincy at 1.97, um, and Feltner at a 1.0. There's a Urena, Gomber, and Lambert. Overall, yes, no, over, under, what do you think? I mean, this is this is the, the one that I think is pretty spot on. I, I'm kind of – I'm going to take the over because last year was kind of a bad year for the, the rotation. There just was nobody who pitched well from start to finish. I think you're going to have some guys really, you know, piggyback on each other and and have, you know, maybe Marquez and Freeland combined for like six wins, which isn't a lot more They're You know, right here, they're projected for five. Right. Um, I'm going to go slightly over, although they're, they're projecting Senzatella for one seven, which he's, he tore his ACL towards the end of last season. I don't know when he's going to be back on a mound in a hundred percent. Right. Uh, you know, Urania 0. 0.6. I, I think that's in the ballpark. Feltner at one is, is a, that's a little optimistic even like that's, that's expecting him to do well. So I'm, I'm going to take the over just cause I think maybe someone has a really good year. Yeah. Uh, and this is not accounting for that, but the starters, I think that is, is on the money. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going push on this too. Um, and we'll also see what like Noah Davis, Carl Kaufman, Rollins yeah, is on those on guys list. aren't included. Yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll see them make a few starts there. All right, number two spot, the catcher position. Diaz plus Servin as a point three. <laughs> that, <laughs> that stings. It's, uh, I mean, I want to say over because the Rockies signed Gary Sanchez, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm going to go over, though, also, because Elias Diaz has to look in the mirror and realize what he was yeah. doing last year was terrible. I also don't think the Rockies are going to give him a long enough leash to put up like negative. One. He was like negative one last year. It was it was gross. Yeah, go back to twenty twenty one and figure what you did, Diaz. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping for a nice just enough turnaround there. Servants, servants, uh, servants. He's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he'll we'll put see. up like point point two as a backup. Like yeah, he, he he'll be want. below average offensively, but he'll play good enough defense. So he'll be, he'll be averaged by WAR. Yep. This one I, I'm going I'm going over. This is wrong. Crone slash Tolia at 0.7 at the first base yeah. spot. I thought this was so low. I, I mean, it's kind of nuts that Crone I think was was at 1.6 last year, and Tolia just looked lost. At, you know, in a cup of coffee, which is not crazy. I mean, how many guys come up to the big leagues when they've played most of the year in double a and like, don't do well. I mean, right. mo- most guys that come from double a do that. So I think they're probably going to be in the one five to two range in the end. So yeah. th- this isn't a spot they could pick up like a whole win uh, based on these. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Rogers 1.8. I think that's about, I think it's about right. I'm going to go over because I'm a Rogers truther. Um, but 1.8 for Rogers. I, I mean, I just think it's nuts because he was, I think, 1-7 last year. And the first month of the season, he literally was, was like 3 for 50. It like, was terrible. For an entire month. It's not even a joke. Like We wa- we all watched it, and he still put up 1-7. Yeah. 
he second half of the year looked really good. Like he looked like a three win player in the second half. So I'm I'm expecting like two three to two five from him. Yeah. So I'll I'll take the over on that. Uh, Tovar Trejo. 2.2. I think he loves Tovar. Like this yeah, is a very yeah. high war for a rookie shortstop and a I guess rookie utility man in Trejo. Um 2.2. I actually think that's too high. I'm going to go overall under. Just it's a rookie season. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm someone I know the Tovar hype and love. I'm not saying it's overblown. I think people are getting a little ahead of themselves in expecting stuff now from Tovar. The kid is 21. Is he even 21? I'm not sure. I, I think he's 21. He turned 21 son. this offseason. Okay. He's 21 years old. He had never really looked like a plus hitter in the minors until last season. And then when he got to the big leagues, you know, you saw some of his weaknesses kind of on display. So I think you're going to see a below average offensive season defensively he'll be good but i mean the defensive metrics did not love him i think that's mostly small sample last year but i'm thinking tovar probably is is going to be about two maybe a little lower and then trejo trejo's a, a coin flip he could be a, like a 0.5 guy or he could be like a minus 0.5 mm-hmm. guy so i i just don't think they'll get over two combined but it's definitely possible yeah agreed it's it's gonna be tough, tough, and he kind of likes McMahon, Ryan McMahon, the third baseman. There's Omentero here, uh, two point three. I just think that's high. His defense I, helps him a ton. I think. I don't know his offense. It just has not made me like super excited. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he was. Let me let me pull up there last season, so I'm not spewing randomness. I think last season he was at a three one. So. Oh really? Yeah, he was three one Fangraphs war, so wow. I think two three is pretty easy for him. You know, it, that does require him to continue to perform offensively like he has. Which you know, you're not impressed by his offense. I think that's a, a testament to the fact that he could have a a bomb of the year. He could have a year where he just doesn't see the ball well, um, and, and I don't think any of us would be surprised. So yeah. I'm gonna go over. I think he's. I don't know if he meets what he did last year though. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, yeah. He hit, three th- three wins is is pretty impressive for any player. Yeah, he had a seven fifty OPS. I, I, maybe just too streaky. I don't know. I just, it definitely too streaky. That's, I think that, that might is, be it. I think the strongest statement you can make. Um, head out to the left field. The Bryant Bouchard combo of one point nine. I think this is low. I think Sean Bouchard is way underrated by everybody. Dude, man, held his own last year. He He's a gamer. He hits. That's all he's done is hit. Um, and Bryant, healthy. Fantasyitis is hard to come back from and just kind of deal with constantly, but he's still a professional hitter. I think this is too low. Uh, yeah, I think it's way too low. Like he, Chris Bryant, kind of on the same train as Brendan Rodgers, he looked horrible at the beginning of the season. I think he was adjusting to hitting at altitude, maybe dealing with some some of the back issues early on. So he had a horrible start, still finished with a 0.6 F war. That was in 40-something games. Like, we're looking at a quarter of a season, he was 0.6. That's, I mean, with a bad start to the year, he's still on a 2.4 win pace. And I think it's worth noting, he's also listed in the DH category. So I'm guessing he, let's see, where where do they project him with war? I mean, they're they're throwing him a 1.7. 
I, I just think I think he's easily going to hit three. Like, it'd be crazy to me if he doesn't hit three. The only way that would happen is if he plays less than 100 games again, which, like, are we really going to count on a guy? He has this injury-prone label. I think he's had two years, including 2020, excluding last year, excluding last year, but two years coming into last year where he was actually injured. Like, this guy is not necessarily injury-prone. Is he Iron Man? No. But – uh, this is not a guy who just has always been injured. And I thought that label was, was just thrown around real undeservingly last season. Yeah. 150, 155, 151, 102, 147, 144, I mean, like, and then COVID, 34. That's basically, yeah. I mean, one, one, one unhealthy season. Like, COVID was just weird for everybody. Everybody yeah. got injured during COVID. So... Yeah, I think like he's basically well. had one. He had one injured year coming into last season. Yeah, uh, so it's terrible. Like, just let him cook. Middle, uh, center field, Daza and Grichik, one point one. I think this is about right. I don't. Daza is fine. He's a, he would be a fantastic number two. Grichik, we saw Grichik. I'm not too keen on him. I think this is about right. I think this. I'm going to say push or under. It's tough. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, get me excited. Like, I think Grichik, I'm a little hopeful that he had last year as a test for himself. And now he knows. I think, I think the, I think Rockies players as a whole are starting to catch on to the fact that Coors Field is going to shoot your ground ball first. I mean, if they hadn't caught on to it like last year, like it, it has to have been a thing. Guys right. know you hit a lot more ground balls at Coors Field. And that killed Randall Grichik's season. Like his ground ball percentage increased ten percent. That is, that's just going to tank anyone's season. So, if he can kind of turn that around a little, I could see him putting up like a one point five win season. Yeah. Um, so I'm nice. gonna take, I'm gonna take the slide over because I think Grichik at least hits one win above replacement this year. Okay. I, that's a lot compared to last season, but I, I do think there's going to be some offensive turnaround, and then. Daza's the safest positive war player there is. Like he's gonna yeah. go out there, he's gonna get you 0.5. Maybe he's gonna get you like a full win above replacement. But you know, I think so, they'll go over one one. Banking on the grid turnaround. Hopefully it's good enough by July 31st so we can get rid of him. Not get rid of him, <laughs> trade him for some assets for following years. For um, number one prospect in baseball. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fantastic, right? Yeah. <laughs> um Gritchick, Blackman Jones out in right field, 0.3. This one made me cringe. Um, I just think, I I don't know. <laughs> I just, I believe in Nolan. Blackman is Blackman. Like, he's not going to be a negative war. He still played pretty good in right field yeah. last year. Like, he's, so, not sure where this is coming from. Point three, I think, is way too low. I am going over on this one, too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little insulting to have Blackman as a negative guy. Like, to have him, you know, at, at, at like a full win above replacement, I, maybe that's bold, but I would think you put him on the flip side of this, like 0. 0.5. Like he's he's still going to hit a little bit, um, you know. And then Nolan Jones, I think he's pretty safe in terms of bringing defense to the table. Like, is he going to hit for sure? Like, who knows? But he's going to he's a good defender in right field with a cannon of an arm that's going to get him a lot of value. And then you get some of that Grichik runoff in right field. Like he's not going to, he's, I don't think Grichik's going to play a ton of center field anyway. So right. I think a lot of his value is going to come in right field. 
Um, and you know that that position should at least be one win above uh, above replacement. I think I'm overestimating Chuck because according to the Fangraphs WAR, last year he had a point one. Twenty twenty one he had a point four. Twenty twenty it was a point four. I think the big thing with not Blackman like though is the shift, the shift ban. He I, I would have to dig into the numbers on it, but I think he's one of the guys who gets affected by the shift the most because he hits a ton of balls really hard pull side. And you know, I yeah. think we all can we can all kind of attest to him being really, really good like 2014 to 2019. And that was before the shift really took prominence. And so he was getting a lot of those those hard hit singles through the right side. And then all of a sudden, he's like Cody Bellinger, and he can't get those. Except Charlie Blackman was still a pretty good hitter last season. You know, he yeah. wasn't great, but what, what are we looking at for him? There is a, a lot of weight on 90 WRC part. plus. There is a lot of weight on the defense part because uh, he pretty much had better offensive numbers than Ryan McMahon. But yeah. Ryan McMahon was a 3.1 war, and Charlie Blackman's at a point one. So. I mean, I don't think he's going to play in the outfield that much this year. Right. They've got the they've got a lot of quality outfielders now, and Blackman should be DHing most of the time he's playing. Yep, agreed. If he wants to, if he can allow that, and then the DH spot uh, com- combo of Blackman, Crone, and Bryant at point seven. I just think there's too much potential there to be good. I'm not sure what they think about Crone, but like point seven offensively, just offense like Blackman should create that on his own so i'm taking the over on that too yeah i mean i think i think and we'll, we'll give our biggest actually we got one more position group but yep. unless you have a guy from the reliever group i'm going to drop my big sleeper right now is chris bryant i yeah. think we i kind of gave my reasoning that i think he's going to be healthy this year the guy looked like an all-star when he was healthy in the second half i think he's posting a 3-1 season on his own which in that DH spot will I, I think he'll DH a fair amount too just to keep him fresh. And I think that DH spot is gonna get some good production this year. Him, Crone, and when Blackman is 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 in the lineup, I think there's gonna be a little more protection on these guys too. Yeah. Last year there were a few holes in the lineup that could let you pitch around guys more. And then again, the shift is gonna help out someone like Charlie Blackman immensely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So you, you sleepers, Chris Bryant, relievers are at two point eight. Um, I think that's about spot on. I love the arm bar, yeah. so I'm going higher. Um, I think my sleeper, it's he doesn't love Bouchard. I think Bouchard is going to be kind of that that left field combo. Maybe we just go with that. Like you're going all in on Bryant. I think I'm going all in on Bouchard. Bouchard, I th- again, like I, I said earlier, he can hit. He can do. He can do what he needs to. He plays average, if not a little bit better. Uh, left field he held his own he knows what it is he has a full season under his belt like he's i think he's down for the get down when he comes out there because whatever they think he's gonna be like i think it's gonna be higher um they're tossing him at a point nine which honestly i'll say that's like pretty respectful of so the point of brian at one yeah they they think that bouchard will be like a pretty good player so Uh, i I, i'm pushing all in then (laughs) That's and, fair. Yeah, you're you're thinking he's a two win guy, which you know when he did play last year, like he was a, um, why am I on the wrong? He was a point eight win player last year in ninety seven plate appearances, so he could easily go over that. But you know maybe last year guys just didn't know how to pitch to him yet, and we'll, we'll see. But 
I think <laughs> I think it's a it. fair pick. You had him as your sleeper last year for yep. the minor leagues, at least. That's right. So, you heard it here first last year. You're welcome, people. Twice, twice in a row. Could we could we could see that happening? Yeah. All right. So that's the zips. Um, it's fun. Again, I respect this guy. It does good. Yeah, work. Dan is it's a good fun. Dude. I just again, maybe we're being homers. Maybe we need to be more like Ben. I don't know. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, I mean. I, I don't know if we said it. I think Zips is really good at giving and taking. Like in some areas, it's going to be too low, and in some, it's going to be too high. Um, I think we're, we are being slightly homerish. We're projecting some guys, everyone to be better, most people to be better at least. In reality, it's going to be close to 50-50, half or better, half or worse. Very few guys are going to actually hit their projection on right. the nose. So, um, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, I think Dan probably has a good read on this, and it's not necessarily Dan; it's Dan's com- Dan's computer has a good read on this. <laughs> right. I should go back in and find time to see what how James and I did last year and see if we were right. Uh, maybe get Mike on that. Um, all right. So we said we were going to go live on Twitter Space at nine thirty. It is nine twenty six. There are a few th- other things that I uh, we wanted to talk about. So maybe we just push that over to the Twitter Space. And then release that. Hopefully, if I do it right, we release that as a pod next week. So split it up. A rundown turns into two. See how it goes. Trying something different. And if it fails, that's fine because <laughs> it's just our moms listening. So, but yeah. I I do hope yeah you guys if you if mom if you're watching this I hope you tune into the Twitter space because we we have some juicy content that we did not touch on in this pod. So right, we're gonna it's a little bit. Little t- touch a little bit on the national pundits, but then BSV prospects um, preview. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so with that, let's end it here. Move on to the Twitter space. See how this goes. And go rocks! Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.